It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the NFL experts, got Uncle Dave in the house and Jay Smoove. You guys can find them on Twitter at Smoove underscore 702 and at Dave underscore Esler. You guys can always get us at TheBettingPredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. Going to talk some NFL futures. If you guys have been listening to our podcast, now we've already put out a couple podcasts right now with some NFL futures for us. Going to go ahead and belt out a couple more today. Uh, I'm going to start out here with Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, you have a quarterback prop that, believe it or not, a lot of people aren't exactly high on this guy. But I believe that coming into this year, some people actually are liking Trevor Lawrence a little bit. You have a prop. Are you like him or are you against him? No, I love Trevor Lawrence sleepy. I bet him um, fairly significantly uh, over 4,000 passing yards. And, you know, there's a lot going on here, Not you know, not the least of which is the fact that with all the trials and tribulations he and Jacksonville went through last year, you know, of course, Urban Meyer, but everybody knows that. He threw for a little over 3,600 yards in spite of. So, you know, we're only asking him to throw for roughly 10% more. And starting this season, you know, we're expecting Travis Etienne, his old Clemson buddy in the backfield, which does two things. I think first it, it has to improve their dismal running game, which obviously helps the passing game. And, you know, last season they started uh, with James Robinson in the backfield, who didn't finish the season. And their second leading rusher was Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, you know, Etienne at Clemson in his senior year, Caught 48 passes out of the backfield, about as many as the Jags bat, uh, caught last year backfield uh, combined. And I looked at their tight end. You know, last year it was kind of by committee with James O'Shaughnessy and Chris Manhurts. So, you know, those are blocking guys. So what do they do? Well, they signed Evan Ingram, who might not be a great blocker, but he can stretch the field. And, you know, they have Marvin Jones returning again. And he got 73 passes last year with literally no help. Um, Treadwell and Chenault, they were the two – other wide receivers who started last season are still there, but both of them have been relegated to number two on the depth chart, I think, because Jacksonville also signed Christian Kirk from the Cardinals, where he hauled in 77 last year. So, you know, add in the fact that they, they also signed Zay Jones from the Raiders, who not a lot of people are familiar with, but um, he hauled in 47 with the Raiders in, in uh, 2022, but got 56. He, he bounced around with the Bills for a while. He caught 56. Uh, one year before they brought in Stefan Diggs, uh, and he did enough that he's number one on the on the Jaguars' depth chart. And you know, with all that said, I think the Jags will be better this season, Sleepy, and their win totals reflect that. And uh, they've also got the Hall of Fame game this year, so they've actually got four preseason games, which I think in their case is a big deal. Um, so you know, even with that said, I'm not anointing them Super Bowl champions. They will be playing from behind enough that Lawrence, uh, simply barring injury, I I say he goes over four thousand yards. Yeah, I'm not against that pick there, Uncle Dave. I'm not super-duper high on Lawrence. Like, he's a guy that I'm going to go and target in, like, fantasy. But he's a guy that I would certainly make a wager on to go over his yardage here. I think some of the issues last year with that team were injuries. You know, their number one wide receiver last year was probably going to be DJ Shark. Uh, He only played four games last year. He ends up getting shipped off to Detroit. But look at their backfield. Jim Robinson was banged up. They had multiple other running backs. Carlos Hyde, the Urban Meyer experience, you know, that he wanted to get him in there. Um, that didn't work out too well. They had other wide receivers. Uh, Treadwell played like 12 games. I think Dan Arnold and the other tight end, uh, maybe it was Agnew or O'Shaughnessy. Um, they only played like six, seven, eight games. So, no, there were a lot of moving parts, and it's hard for 
you know, a, a rookie quarterback going into an organization like that to get really comfortable and to probably build a lot of confidence when, you know, the playbook's constantly changing, players are constantly changing. And I do like your angle here with the preseason. I think that'll help. But I also think one of the things that a lot of people probably underrate is the fact that the Jaguars' offensive line actually isn't that bad. Trevor Lawrence last year only was sacked 32 times, and I say only, you know, in quotations, but, no, 32 sacks versus, you know, take somebody like a Joe Burrow who was sacked like 52 times in the regular season. So, you know, if the Jaguars' offensive line can hold up and this team can remain healthy, I think with some of the new parts that they have and some of the, you know, second and third-year guys with another rep, you know, with Lawrence, I can't see why he can't go over 4,000 yards. So uh, I'm not against it. I actually like that one. I think that's a solid play. Uh, let me go and give you guys one of mine here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Brees Hall under 900 rushing yards. Now, I found this one on Fox Bet. If you guys go over to DraftKings, it's at 830 yards. And our boy Dan Rivera, he actually found an 850 out there. So shop around for the best number. But the best number that I did find was on Fox. But I feel like Brees Hall right now is being priced as a three-down back. You know, he is a rookie, and I highly doubt that he's going to be used as a three-down back. You know, I looked at the other three-down backs throughout the league, and the numbers in some cases are comparable. But you have to really look at some of the elite guys, and I don't believe Brees Hall as a rookie, you know, obviously hasn't reached that status yet. I think the issue with Hall, he is a rookie, but the number one running back from last year, technically number two on the depth chart now that's behind him, is Michael Carter. Carter, he was a three-down back last year, but I think the big plan was, you know, to have Carter come in as the third down back, as the passing back situation guy. The Jets, to me, they kind of put themselves into a situation where I feel like Brees Hall probably is going to be their first and second down back, and Michael Carter is going to be their third down back. Now, one of the reasons why I really don't like this play is because I think that the Jets, although they struggled quite a bit last year, you got to wonder how they moved how they moved the chains. And if they're not in a situation, you know, with, I don't want to call them a bad offense, but an offense that hasn't really done a whole lot. If they're in a situation where they can't go out there and run the ball, well, then they have no choice but to throw because they're constantly playing, you know, behind the chain. So I think I'm going to have to see it to believe it with this Jets offense. If they can go ahead and gobble up the first downs, then I certainly think Brees Hall, you know, has a chance maybe to eclipse this number. But as of right now, I, I, I honestly just can't go ahead and, and trust this Jets offense you know, to move up and down the field. And then I, I wonder a little bit about the coach because they have Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson behind all these guys. And if Robert Sala, you know, is going to draft a rookie, is he going to play him a ton? Does he trust Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson, guys who were in the lineup last year, you know, who were banged up a little to go out there and probably vulture some snaps, maybe vulture some TDs. So I don't necessarily know what to think about about Sala right now. So that, that that's kind of a, a question that I have. Zach Wilson, he wasn't very good last year. Uh, he was hurt. And I think that, you know, in my opinion, I think the Jets do have some quality receivers. I don't want to go out there and say that they did anything uh, amazing. They did get a nice first-round draft pick in Ohio State's Garrett Wilson. And they do have Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. So, you know, if, if Wilson steps up and he actually performs a little bit better, I think that they probably even get a little bit further away from, from that rushing attack. I did notice that C.J. Uzumwa – uh, also entered the mix, and that was a struggle also as well for for the Jets. I think they had um, they had a kid from USC. I forget his name. I use him a couple of times in uh, in fantasy, but he ended up fizzling out. I think he actually went over to uh, I think he ended up going over to the Vikings. So I mean, they got options. Yeah, you know, Zach Wilson can can do well. Um, I don't think they're going to need to use you know the rushing game 
a hundred percent, you know, all game long. Um, you know, you have have confidence in this guy that you dress for your future. And I think there are some decent wide receiver options. And obviously, you know, as I mentioned, Michael Carter, uh, I think he's going to be their their third down back. So maybe it's a year or two before before Brees Hall can go ahead and get over this number. But right now, uh, nine hundred, you know, eight thirty, eight fifty, you know, all those numbers are available. I think it's going to be a struggle for him to go over that. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Brees Hall uh, under the nine hundred rush yards, and that is available on Fox Bet. With that said, let's go ahead. Let's save Smooth. Uh, I want to get one more here from Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave, you have a uh, you have a season prop here on the Atlanta Falcons that you like too. What do you got? Yeah, I do, Sleepy. Um, I found this on DraftKings. I bet the Falcons um, plus six hundred to be the lowest scoring team in the NFL, um, and and here's why. You know, obviously exit Matt Ryan and enter Marcus Mariota. Um, you know, maybe Arthur Smith wants to recapture some of that Titans magic uh, by bringing in Mariota. Who hasn't played a full season in four years? Well, there's a couple things here. Um, Smith doesn't have Derrick Henry, and he does have Cordero Patterson, who has 303 career rushes, half of them last year, and he inherits the second-worst rushing attack in the league. So if you can't run, you can't throw. And you know, Over his career, Mariota averages 181 yards passing per game. So even if they could run, they can't throw. I know they drafted Drake London, and Kyle Pitts should improve in his second year. Um, but only two quarterbacks threw more interceptions under pressure than Matt Ryan last year. So, you know, the stats don't tell everything. I think Matt Ryan, although his stats were down, actually had a very good year. Um, they have the exact same offensive line this year and a worse quarterback. When I look at their schedule, um, they're, they're going to be favored in exactly zero games. Uh, and the worst defense they face in the first two months, that's like eight games, is the Bengals. And I think by the second half of the season, I think it'll be Desmond Ritter under center. Um, he, yeah, he had all the numbers at Cincinnati, but he also faced defenses like Murray State, Temple, and SMU. You know, the Falcons, they were 26th in points last year, but I think they take another step backwards before they find their franchise quarterback next year. Uh, so I think this is truly a rebuilding year, and, and Mariota is just uh, – you know, holding the reins for as long as he can. So I bet them to be the lowest scoring team next year in the NFL. I'm not against that there, Uncle Dave. I mean, you've got to look at probably like four or five teams that are going to be bottom of the barrel. And I don't see how you don't have Atlanta in there. And if they do bring in a new quarterback, I don't see how it could really improve a whole hell of a lot, especially if you bring them in in the middle of the year. You know, injuries are going to occur. You know, and we've seen that before where, you know, they start bringing in, you know, the, the, the second string guys to go out there and try to perform, you know, against starting defenses. It, it typically just doesn't work out. So um, I think you at least I think you're at least going to get a good head start, you know, going into the season with Mariota. And if, you know, that all fizzles out, you know, whoever they bring in, whether it's Ritter or, you know, whoever they bring in, I think I think you might be in a good spot with that. So uh, I'm not against that one. With that said, let's go and let's throw it over to Smooth. He has a player prop here for you guys. What do you got, Smooth? Favorite prop that I like, Lamar Jackson to win the MVP at 20 to 1 odds. Right now, you can find that at DraftKings and FanDuel. So, one of the biggest reasons I like this pick here is, you know, Jackson's been getting a lot of, I say, disrespect, you know, with the ESPN rankings, leaving him out of the top 10. But, you know, he's won this MVP award, you know, back in 2019, his first full year as a starter. The Ravens won 14 games there, and he didn't have, you know, the weapons, you know, that would, you know, like a rival of Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. He had okay weapons, but, you know, 
the Ravens go as Lamar Jackson goes. And going back to last year, I know they suffered a lot of injuries, but, you know, before they suffered, you know, even when they did suffer some injuries, you know, through the first eight games, they were six and two. And he had strong, you know, MVP considerations at that point. But then once he suffered his injury and missed five games, that's when their season kind of fell apart. But, you know, this year, I think they come back even a little bit stronger, maybe a little underrated. In my eyes, you know, they have Mark Andrews, I think, is the top five tight end. And they also, you know, have, you know, their first round receiver from last year, Rashad Bateman, who's going to start the season healthy and play a lot more than he did last year. But one more thing that's been talked about that hasn't been talked about Lamar Jackson throughout the media is that each year he's gotten better as a passer. You know, last year he averaged, you know, 240 yards through the air. You know, his his highest as a as a as a passer you know, since he's been a starter. And if he would have been, you know, healthy enough to finish out the season, that was he would have finished with the year as a, a top ten passer in yards, where he's about about four thousand and, and eighty yards, a little bit over that. And he also has the potential to be a thousand yard rusher, you know, with you know being you know thrown for four thousand yards. And he's also shown the capability to throw, you know, thirty plus touchdowns, you know, the year he won the MVP. He led the league in touchdown passes at 35. So with somebody of his talent and, uh, you know, with him being in the lineup, you know, expect the Ravens to win a lot of games. I already gave them out uh, their season win total over the nine and a half. So expecting to be a double-digit win team, be top three to five in wins. And with everything that he can do production-wise, I think 20 to one odds is just a little bit too low. And, you know, on the side of being disrespected, being outside of the top 10, think he approaches the season with a chip on his shoulder and I think he has a bounce back year individually and the Ravens have a back a bounce back year as a team so just looking at their schedule there's a, a five-week period to where they'll play the the Bills the Bengals the Bucks you know so you're facing you know some top quarterbacks as well and teams talking about Josh Allen uh, Joe Burrow and you know Tom Brady but he has some advantages working in his favor with two of those three games you know being at home you know, the toughest one probably being the Bucks, where they're on a short week, you know, going you know, on the road to face Tampa Bay. But, you know, right now his odds are sitting at 20 to one. But if he come out of that five week stretch to where he can go two, two and one or better, then I see those odds significantly dropping, you know, somewhere between 10 or one or less. So, you know, going up against another dual threat quarterback in, in the Josh Allen, you know, my opinion, I would say that, you know, Lamar Jackson is kind of tit for tat maybe a, a, a little higher, you know, than a Josh Allen, considering you know, what he can do as a runner and a passer and just how dynamic and explosive he is when he turns into a runner and his progression as a passer, you know, since he's entered the league and coming off, you know, last year where he averaged his most yards at 240 a game, you know, project that out over the course of a, a full season, 17 games, he'd have been a top 10 passer. So, I like Lamar Jackson, you know, win the MVP at 20 to, 20 to 1 right now on either DraftKings or FanDuel. All right, good stuff from Smooth on that one. Uh, let's throw it over to Uncle Dave for the final pick of this podcast. Uncle Dave, you have another player prop that you want to get to. What do you got? Yeah, I do, Sleepy. I, I don't understand it, so I bet it. Uh, Terry McLaurin over 1,000, or to be precise, 1,000.5 yards receiving. And, you know, it's not often I take overs with player props simply because they're they're typically too high in most cases based more on public perception uh, than actuality. Um, I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan, but he's most definitely an upgrade over Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Henke, Case Keenum, and Colt McCoy, and Kyle Allen. 
That's the list of quarterbacks that are thrown to McLaurin the last three years. You know, in 2019, it was Keenum, Haskins, and McCoy. He still had 919 yards receiving. He went over 1,000 in the last two seasons, basically with journeyman quarterbacks and journeyman help uh, on the outside. And, you know, even last year, he was opposite Adam Humphreys, who he had his breakout year with the Bucks. Um, he has caught uh, since then a total of 101 passes in the last three years. So, you know, he's on the way down. Um, they drafted Johan Dotson, and although rookie wide receivers not named Justin or Jamar, um, they aren't prone to making huge impacts. But he was drafted 16th overall for a reason. And I think also playing at Penn State, he's played some elite defenses as opposed to guys like, say, Nikhil Harry, who put up ungodly numbers against paper-thin defenses in the Pac-12, or a Mac receiver playing no defenses. So, you know, I also I don't think Antonio Gibson is a threat that can run the ball 20 to 25 times a game uh, and, and keep Washington from having to throw the ball. You know, he only averaged 15 carries a season, uh, 15 carries a game last season. So, you know, I think a lot like my Jacksonville pick, you know, Washington, uh, they're going to be better, so people say, and I, and I don't disagree with them. You know, Washington is going to have to throw the ball, and they will be playing from behind. So with all the skill position upgrades on offense, I don't know how McLaren goes backwards from each of the last two years. Yeah, I don't believe he'll he'll go backwards there, Uncle Dave. I actually think this Washington Commanders team is built more for passing. I don't think they want to have Antonio Gibson out there trying to run, you know, to a, to a Derrick Henry level. He's just – he's a smaller back. He's not that type of guy that's going to go out there and probably – you know, give you, you know, 20, 25 touches on the ground. They're going to give him, you know, 12, 13, 14. They're going to end up trying to get him in the passing game. I go go back last season, look how many times he was using the passing game. I mean, it was tough, but I think Carson Wentz, you know, was is used to playing in an offense very similar to this. So I could certainly see them throwing the ball quite a bit more, um, at least being in that style offense. And, and, you know, McLaurin will probably be obviously the, the you know, the biggest beneficiary of that. Uh, but that'll wrap up the pod, guys. Good stuff uh, from Uncle Dave and Smooth and myself on that. Uh, we'll probably come up with some more stuff. I'm guessing we'll probably do a, a Super Bowl projection podcast here uh, sooner or later. And then whatever else, you know, myself, Uncle Dave, Dan, and the rest of the guys, Christel, uh, dig up for NFL Futures. We'll go ahead. We'll put that stuff out. But, uh, again, there's a couple of pods out there, and that'll wrap it up. You guys know where to find us on Twitter. Sleepy J underscore pregame, Dave underscore Essler, Smooth underscore 702. You guys got to always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games.